All right. If you have a soccer family like uh, like my soccer family, here's what happens after dinner. There's a skills ball, which is a small soccer ball that's in the middle of the living room. And those who so choose go over to the ball and play something called the Meg game. The Meg game is a simple game, a soccer sort of thing, where you just try to kick the ball between the other person's legs, through the wickets, if you will. And in the world of soccer, megging someone is the most disrespectful, insulting thing you can do. So every night after dinner, I take my children over the carpet and I try to insult them deeply through the world of soccer by megging them. And, and of course, the people try to prevent being megged and they try to meg you. And when you reach to try to stop someone from megging you, they can reverse it around and get you. And it's a lot of fun. Well, last night when we were playing this game, I got a little extra hot and sweaty. And I thought, man, I am really out of shape. And Mrs. Planner said, you certainly are. And then I said, but listen, I'm really, really sweating. And she's like, yeah, you're really, really out of shape. And I said, no, I am really, really sweating. She walked over to the thermostat. It was a ripe 75 degrees. Our air conditioner had gone out during a heat spell. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pete the Planner show where we bleed money out of every orifice of our body. Hello, Dame. Hello, Chris. Good day. Hello. Man, Andy joins us on the live stream. Her AC is out today uh, as well. You know, congrats. Uh, so I'm going to meet a technician at my house after the show, and he is going to punch me in the wallet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not fun. Uh, Dame, in, in pre-show today, Kristen went to take a drink of her beverage. And, and Kristen, I know this is only visual, not for the podcast listeners, but for the live stream. But let's let's re reenact what happened so that Dame and I can me? share some joy uh, with, with, with me. Oh, I feel like. Yeah. With okay, this? here we go. Dame's going to go. Here we go. Ready? Ready? Ready watching. So Dane was drinking out of a Stanley with a straw and I was making sound effects in the realm of Michael Winslow, the greatest sound effect man in the history of Hollywood. Dane, when you and I were kids, because we are the same age, <laughs> there was nothing better or cooler than Police Academy, the movie series, and watching Michael Winslow make all sorts of sound effects with his mouth and you were just blown away it was the most unbelievable thing that this how old do you think we were 10 11 uh, well, i had to have in that range uh never seen or heard anything like it and i you could just watch it over and over and never got old Kristen, here's your homework for the day okay and, and ig ignore all of the work that you have today <laughs> and do okay. this okay youtube michael winslow and just watch, yeah, David knows, Facebook live stream viewer, David knows, mouth genius is what he called <laughs> it. Michael Winslow, just watch and freak out. If you are not delighted, the, t Dame, here's what I'm going to do today. I might see my son later. <laughs> I, I live with him. Um, <laughs> I, and um, I'm going to show him Michael Winslow videos and see if he cares. Can you do the same thing to TD? Yeah, I uh, yes, I will be able to oh. do that uh, probably after lunch. I'd be yes, I, I oh man, now I'm 
No. Yeah, this this might ruin it for both of us, Pete. <laughs> it's you guys. It's gonna be like the first time you went back and watched Jaws, and you're no. like, oh, this is that. I feel like it's gonna be like that. I feel like you might be disappointed. I it's like, like watching MacGyver when you're a kid, Dame, or the A Team, and you're like. What? And then you watch it back and you're just a little less impressed. Still impressive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh. I'm I'm concerned. I, this might rip away a part of my childhood that I really enjoy. So Ted and I have had this ongoing debate over he he enjoys hip hop and, and I sort of grew up on it. So we're he was we're in this debate. He was saying, like, of course, the stuff I listen to is terrible, and what he listens to is great. I mean, this is the age old in you know, a debate amongst father and son. <laughs> And he did say something funny the other day. He, uh, it was a good day. It was on Ice Cube, you know, mm-hmm. just waking up in the morning. Uh, and, and, and we're listening to it, clean version. And he was like, just waking up in the morning? What am I supposed to do with that? Like, he's just like, he's like, what is, there's so much storytelling in what you listen to. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Wh- wh- what's yeah. yours? And he's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dame okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna do a show i have a surprise during the show and it is going to be at the top of the second segment okay lovely it is delightful and but there will be rules and it may take over the entire second segment i'm sorry so we may have to punt something in third i hope it doesn't i'm hoping it contains to four minutes it is a surprise there will be rules and it will be delightful (laughs) Uh, should we guess what the surprise is? I have anxiety. Uh, I, th- I think Pete's the, the surprise has- is Kristen has anxiety. That's the surprise. <laughs> That's not a surprise. No. <laughs> it's going to be Pete's getting a, a a new co-host and leaving Kristen and I of our duties. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. no, no. Do you have any real guesses? No, I don't no, I have no idea. Literally, okay. I have no idea. Ah, oh, that's the way the show works, y'all. Okay. Um. You know. Being without air conditioning reminds me of like this directive I gave to myself as to why I wanted to go to college and, and, and have a reasonable living because I value really two things in life. And, and Dame, I think I have shared this with you in the past. I value blazing cool air conditioning and two ply toilet paper. That's all yeah. I've ever really wanted in my life. Yeah. And when one of those things is ripped from my grubby Midwestern hand, I get sweaty. <laughs> I get sweaty. Was there ever a point in your life where you didn't have central air conditioning? No. What? I wasn't born in the 1800s. No. Just curious. I know lots of people who don't have central air. <laughs> I didn't get it until high school. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. I, I have certain aspirations. And I've met them so far until this very day. Hmm. You know, we didn't even tell my daughter that the air went out because it was a little hot. It wasn't crazy hot. It was a little hot. But had we told her it was out, she would have lost her mind and not slept. Yeah, straight to social media, human rights violation yeah. going on. At- no air conditioning in Carmel, Indiana is basically, you can get arrested for that. That's probably against HOA. <laughs> I mean, the HOA is going to be on me again. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Rick Swink reminds me. He says, I had no AC in college for the first few years after. That's the tr- I didn't have AC for four years in college. So I guess I, I, mm. I, I, yeah, four years in college. It was hot. Those August and September nights mm. in Southern Indiana. Oh, 
is often it smelled like tobacco because there's a ton of tobacco fields around, which actually kind of smelled good, but hot tobacco when you're trying to sleep, not so much. Hmm. This is delightful. Okay. <laughs> Dame, that hmm was really underhanded. <laughs> I just want you to know I don't appreciate that. It's okay. I'm sure there'll be plenty more things that you don't appreciate today. I, <laughs> I'm reading a book called Ra- Radical Candor right now. And and so, Dame, that, hmm, I did not appreciate that. I, I will, uh, for those longtime listeners, I will uh, admit that Pete has a physical book of this, not an audio book, where he says he's reading something, he's really listening to it. No, he's actually reading this one. I'm, I'm quite impressed. I have gone to this very weird spot is to not only have I crossed over into physical books, but now, like some sort of moron, Kristen, I... Get the physical book and the audio book. I love that. I don't know. I could be inefficient. Could be too expensive. No, Dave and I were just talking Mm -hmm. about that. Really, the way to go is read it digitally on like a Kindle so that you can highlight your notes and then send them to you as just like one file. But when you listen and read as well, I just think that you absorb the information better. I don't have any evidence to back that up. I just feel like it's true. David uh, making another note here on the live stream. Americans are getting soft. Read Comfort Crisis. Sounds like an interesting book, but here's the thing, David. I am soft. <laughs> I am physically soft. Someone, a, a coworker bumped into me the other day, almost lost their arm. <laughs> like Just like in into the ether of gutness. Yeah. Um, okay, let's do a show. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. I have to go home and meet the air conditioner guy so he can take away the college fund for my kids. You'll become a little less soft in the wallet area. Oh. Okay. I tried. So well, no, I just, just that was just payback. <laughs> Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You can email us. That's how we communicate. Electronic mail. At here's the email address. I'm gonna give it to you. WW, I'm just kidding. Ask Pete <laughs> at PeteThePlanner.com. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com and we'll answer your question on the air. I'm not going to email you back. Like, I literally will not email you back. I, I, have, I don't want to email you back. With that, Damian Dunn, Kristen Alanius joined me, co hosts of this here program in which I just yelled at the audience. Hello, everybody. It's Hello. a great start. I'm, I'm really anticipated at the, uh, the numbers that we get on this week's show. Look, I don't like throwing anyone under the bus here, but I was listening to uh, the radio the other day and uh, a personality, someone I know, was reading an ad, uh, Mm -hmm. a commercial. Mm -hmm. And they read www. And I'm like, why? Who? Mm -hmm. Why? Who who needs to hear that? Is it meant to make you, oh, here comes a web address? Is that that the idea? Because there's no other reason to do it. Maybe. I mean, but... Unless he wrote it, I mean, he's just he or she. Sorry, he or she are just reading what's put in front of them. They probably don't have the the leeway to do it. They've got to hit their time, and those www may take up that exact amount of time they need to hit the mark. That's my thought too. But I will say this: is that having written ad copy and read ad copy, you're usually trying to tighten it, not lengthen mm-hmm. it. That's true. So, um, because of like at www.petetheplanner.com as opposed to <laughs> so just go to petetheplanner.com I mean, like, you're cutting three and a half seconds yeah but you you said go to instead of at and so you I mean you're you're really just 
So I sent you guys a Slack earlier this week that begged the following question. With the incredible real estate market over the last several years, um, there are, I don't know, millions of paper real estate millionaires out there that that their net worth has creeped above a million dollars, but it's highly illiquid. It's because of the increased equity of their home that pushed them over that million dollar mark. So you've got a bunch of people walking around who both maybe feel and act like a millionaire, but don't actually have the liquidity to deliver on whatever that means to them. And the question to you all was, is this a problem? Is there going to be some sort of repercussion to this idea that there are so many more millionaires right now than there were three years ago based on real estate alone? So I begin with Kristen. Kristen, does any of that make sense? Is the premise faulty? What say you? It totally, no surprise, it totally depends on the person because I think there's a really big pro and I think there's a potential pretty significant con. I would say, and I've said this on the show before, that sometimes someone being like house poor or having a large portion of their income wrapped up in their home or their net worth is the thing that helps bridge the gap from their active working years to retirement if they haven't adequately prepared. But on the opposite side of that, I think a huge con is that it may be, especially in a current rising interest rate environment, when interest rates come back down, I think it lends itself for people to use their home as like a savings account. And I don't love that. Dane? I think so little about the equity in my house that I, I don't think it would change my behavior in one one leg. I mean, I could look at my retirement accounts and it's roughly the same thing. I Thankfully, I'm in a position where I don't need that money, but it doesn't change the way I behave in my, my day-to-day finances a bit. It just is there. It is something. And Hopefully, it's there when when I'm ready to retire. I think Kristen is right, though. I think what this potentially does, especially in conjunction with interest rates and the fact that houses are selling, fewer houses are selling now than than in a long time, I think this might be the rise of the reverse mortgage for a lot of people. Oh, my gosh. What just happened? Can you warn me? (laughs) Like, I'm just sitting here not listening to you, and then all of a sudden... You said the R word. Yeah, I did. What? Oh, okay. Yeah. Did the whole they, show just change today? They, they this don't, is your surprise? They don't want to sell because they don't want to get into a new mortgage somewhere else. They, they <laughs> like where they're at, but they've got a ton of equity tied up in their house and they might need a little bit of extra help in retirement. And they, you know, what, what are they going to do with it? Reverse mortgage. I'm flabbergasted. Kristen, say something. Well, (laughs) now, hold on. I'm curious about, Pete, your perspective on the very first thing that Dame said, because that's what pushed me, like knocked me out of my chair first, was that he was like, I don't think about the equity in my home. I think that he's a minority. I don't think that other people feel that way. I think most people are looking at their home's value consistently. Dame, uh, the equity in my home... Uh, or pardon me, the value of my home has gone up 40% in the last three years. Okay. So to not look at the equity in your home, 
I pay my mortgage in person. I, I paid it on Saturday. <laughs> I have gotten to uh, a, a threshold of, of being at a certain point of which I owe. I think about the equity in my home all the time. Now, maybe to Dame's point, I don't think about spending it. I don't think yeah. about, I, I just love the fact that I owe less money, but I will it's a revert. You think this will lead to so like soon, or are you saying like when we're the olds, like what's going to happen here? Uh, I, I think in the next few years, unless this housing gets sorted out builders, I've got a news story uh, for the, the last segment. New construction is just booming because houses aren't selling. People aren't moving out of their houses because they don't want to get rid of the mortgage they've got. That's locked in at ridiculous rates. And so if they're not going to sell and they're going to run the clock out on their mortgage, maybe they just say, you know what? I like it. I've done everything I want. I've remodeled it. Let's get some of this equity back out. Let's look at a reverse mortgage. Kristen, at what point, this is a completely different question that takes us completely <laughs> off. The, at what point in time do, do mortgages or houses, I, I should say, become so expensive that people are priced out of the market and it just, all of that equity goes away because the the market falls. I don't know the answer to that question, but I feel like we have made strides to be there. I, I a few weeks ago, you and I talked about. I can't remember the median home price. It was like I want to say it was like four and a quarter or yeah. something. And when we look at that in relation to median wages, we get closer to that point all the time. I don't know when that tipping point occurs, obviously, but we're we're closer. Damn, I, I'm stunned. Can, can I get a little clarification? Sure. Do you think not only will... You're saying reverse mortgages will become more popular. Are you saying that that will be a prudent thing to do? No, I don't... I mean, well... No, no, no way. Well, Come on. No. I, as you and I have said a, a bunch of different times, most financial products have a good use for the right, the, the right scenario. Uh, it's when we start to see people shoehorned into other things that that they're told is, is a good use. There are scenarios where reverse mortgages make sense, and in I, I think that that may widen up a little bit for some people, especially if they don't have all of the uh, the savings they should have had, but they do have a ton of equity in their house. I think that might be a really easy way for them to go, especially if we have uh, markets that go up and down and have a ton of volatility in them going forward. Kristen, in full transparency, Dame and I worked on something earlier in the spring, a case we were both looking at in which he and I talked about mm -hmm. a reverse mortgage might actually end up being the solution. So, Dame, I don't, I mean, what is happening? I don't know. Have to keep an eye on it. Whew, did not expect it to go that way. Anyway, so uh, I, I guess we have zero conclusion to this other than to say <laughs> there are a lot more millionaires than there were three years ago because of home equity and, and house prices. And there could be an impact of which reverse mortgages are going to become a thing. <laughs> Coming up after the break, I surprised my co-hosts. That's next right here on the Pizza Planner Show. I don't know if it's any bigger surprise than what we just all were a part of. <laughs> There you go. Holy I, cow. I know how you like hot takes. It kind of makes sense. I know. I know you couldn't say that on the radio, but no. To our, to our no. listeners. No. That's that's the uh all the acknowledgement I need. That 
I was kind of right. You guys ready for the surprise? Yes. Oh. That's why I wanted I wanted to get through that segment so bad. <laughs> I'm not telling you before the segment starts. I'm, I'm sure. Okay. That, that would ruin it. Okay. Got to uh, have the pop on air. All right, Kristen, for the second part of the segment, this mm-hmm. the question or situation you want to go through, just be ready because I don't know at what point we off board onto that. Okay. <laughs> and the yeah, I, I'll just give you the full surprise on air because uh, you know, here we look, you guys ready? You're dragging it out, man. That's the point of a tease, Dame. It is still radio. That's www.damesreversemortgageshop.com. That's www.http colon backslash backslash www.damesreversemortgage.com. HTTPS. HTTPS. Do you remember when you first got the internet? Kristen, this isn't. <laughs> topic for you. It's for me and Michael Winslow. <laughs> Dave, do you remember when you first dialed up? And you put Michael Winslow. There we go. It was perfect opportunity. W-W- oh. You would tape WWW every, every time. time. Every time. Every time. Kristen? I had dial up internet. Did you type WWW every time? Oh, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I might not have had to, but I certainly did. I lived, I lived out in the middle of nowhere, so we didn't even have internet. And when we got it, it was dial-up, and other people already had like kind of fast internet. It wasn't fun. DSL. Do you think as Kristen gets older, she'll trade her dogs for cats? No, no, <laughs> no. She'll she'll just. That's the, the size worst the thing you ever said to me. Really, I feel like I've said a lot of terrible things. That was up like, there. Look, look, are your dogs in the room with you right now? Yeah, of course. Look them in the eye right now. Be like, I'm no. someday going to trade you for a cat. <laughs> no. Can they hear me? Not. Do you have earbuds in? I have ear- yeah, they can't hear you. <laughs> You're getting traded for cats. <laughs> they don't believe you. <laughs> okay. Here we go. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame Kristen. It was Wednesday this week in our office here at uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. I went and got the mail. Uh, by got the mail, I went at the front desk, uh, the reception desk of our office, and uh, I received a handwritten letter. Oh. What? On graph paper. Oh. Telling me, telling me how wrong we were about a segment last week. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. So here's some ground rules for what we're about to do together. Number okay. one, I will never make fun of someone disagreeing with me. Okay. I will, mm-hmm. I will, I feel like okay. it is just not how I want to live my life. So this person has a different opinion. So okay. we will not make fun of this person. We will not discredit them. We can disagree with their ideas. Are, are those good ground rules? Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. We don't we don't have to flame the person if we disagree with their ideas. Number two, if if a if a handwritten letter is gonna come in disagreeing with you, it is gonna it is gonna come in on graph paper. Like right, like I know what I'm dealing with here. Like I know what's about to happen. The return address label simply said a listener. Okay. Okay. Pete the planner, then it has our address, including the zip code extension. Wow. Regarding Sunday, 16 July, show, 
WIBC question on rolling prior employers 401k balance into new employers 401k plan. Dear Pete and team, I suggest it is almost never the right move to roll over into a new employer's 401k plan, no matter how much they urge you to do so. Number one, you lose control of the investment choices. You get what their HR department picks. The new employer can change offerings and fees, including administrators, uh, whenever they wish. I will point out, um, listener, we talked about that on the show. Did we not, Dan? I I, I, we may not have gone quite to that detail that that uh, you know the providers could change and but investment choices do change. I 100 right on all of this so far. I have no problems. Number two, you are stuck in that 4K 401k until you leave that job. You cannot move the money back out. To the best of my knowledge, as a user and non-financial advisor type, that is both true and not true and arguably irrelevant. Yeah. Like it, 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 it doesn't matter. Number three. You lose your privacy. I, I, I have to say, I've never considered this. You lose your privacy. The new company's HR uh, people can see that transfer in of your money, and that can be significant risk to you, the employee. Okay, so that is interesting because what they're saying, Dame, is when your 401k administrator at your, your employer checks on what's going on in 401ks, they're going to see a deposit in and that could negatively impact your employment. I'm, I'm not sure how because they have access to everything in theory, payroll records, I, everything. I, I don't see how seeing uh, them being able to see a deposit into a 401k has any bigger uh, influence on employment than anything else. Kristen, do you think it's because they think if there's like layoffs or something or they're like, oh, well, they don't even need the money because they've got so much money. Do you think that's the argument? I think that is probably the argument. And it could also, I mean, I also understand the privacy thing, not wanting someone that you work with to know how much you have or haven't saved for retirement. Yeah. I don't know. I'll say this. Um, I appreciate the letter, listener. Thank you for sending it. Um, I had literally considered every point. I feel like we at least touched on those points uh, other than the privacy thing is interesting. I appreciate that perspective. But then like the lead line is where I lose you, listener. First off, thank you for not sending me anthrax. I had uh, (laughs) sort of the lowest member of our team open the letter with me around the corner through the glass. Um, I suggested he put I or she but it's a man's writing. I suggest it is almost never almost, but here, here's the thing about what we do for a living. It is, it doesn't work that way because sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. In fact, there are such large 401k plans that have such lower fees that you can get anywhere on the street that it makes a ton of sense to be in the 401k of your employer. That last point uh, withheld. So anyway, Typically, you can ask Pete at com, but if you want to go to the yellow pages and look up our <laughs> business address and not send me anthrax, have at it. So thank you, listener. We appreciate you uh, very much. Depending on the plan, you may get access to funds that are closed to you as a retail investor. It, it, so that cuts both ways. And, and there are some amazing funds, at least there used to be. It's been a long time since I've looked at some of the closed funds that are available in various 401ks that you would love to be able to use. 
Dodge and Cox uh, had a yes. series of closed yes. funds that were only within retirement plans. To your point, Dame. And Danza on the live stream says she's picturing the letter is in all caps. And I will let you know there is several capital letters. <laughs> uh, anyway. But again, we're not making fun. Appreciate it. Crahan, uh, you had a situation you wanted to share. Yes, I did. So I had someone come to me with a question about what they should do with a, I would say, moderate sum of money. How much? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not fair. Um, We'll just call it five grand. Okay, so could they pay for my new air conditioner that I've got to have installed (laughs) later today? There it is. And that's the same. So go to (laughs) www.pizzac.com. No? No. So this person was trying to decide technically between three options. The first was to just leave the money in savings, which is what it was already doing. The second was to make a principal payment on their mortgage. Their mortgage interest rate is seven. I told is is seven. Um or they and their loan to value ratio is pretty high because they just bought a house or they could pay off their car and that interest rate was like 3.8 what's their car payment 333 this is a no-brainer oh Oh. well if i can ask one more question (laughs) okay uh that five thousand dollars how does it relate to three months worth of expenses is it in excess is it part of or does it not even reach um, I would say that this person would be fine to get rid of the five grand. Pay off the car. Dame. Dame. I hate agreeing with you, but it's <laughs> it's pay off the car. It's a no brainer. This is the yeah. easiest personal finance question we've ever had on this show. Ever. Well, this person will be glad to know that they did the arguably <laughs> right thing. <laughs> oh wait, okay, wait, wait, wait. Kristen, I am sensing that you disagree. No, 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 no. In fact, I, but I think what's hard for this person is that they're a math brain and it's really hard to say if I have the cash flow available to meet all of my obligations, why would I not make a bigger payment on my house? And because that's where I save the most money. That's where I think that the internal conflict between looking at it on a spreadsheet and what I could save and the elimination of that monthly payment and what I would argue to be more of like a feeling versus math is where people sometimes get tripped up in situations like that. What is she going to do with the freed up cash flow? Probably spend it on something silly. Okay, well, that's where it gets dumb, (laughs) right? (laughs) But she has, she has no other debt. Like what else? Like what? She saves for retirement. Like I, I don't really have a whole lot of qualms about that, though. Save it for another down payment for a new car whenever that comes around. Put it towards the mortgage that she cares so much about getting rid of at seven percent. I mean, there's a number of things that you can do with that money that you just saved every month. All right, now I have a personal finance question that I want to ask. Can I do it in the next segment? I'm, I'm blowing up all your segments today, Kristen. It's all right. That's fine. Okay. I have a question uh, from a friend <laughs> that I want to get out there. It's me, but as I, I'm thinking, as I tell, if I tell the story, I, I, I'm on the fence as to what to do, honestly. Um, and I don't want to, it's like you don't want to disclose too many details, but you do enough to get the answer, but not enough that people send me 
firmly worded emails saying just, that I'm answering. Just, just get the air conditioner, Pete. It'll it's be okay. That. Okay. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Coming up after the break, I'm going to ask a question to my co-hosts and hope that listeners don't start hating me more. That's next right here on the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. All right. I really am. I, Dame, I don't know if I've, is it a car? It's a car situation. Have I talked to you about it yet? Nope. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Wait. Your oldest isn't old enough to start. No, it's not that okay. one. But it's that, I mean, that, that'll that be, dream. the show will be over by then, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My prediction is I'm going to feel one way and the two of you are going to feel a different way. I actually feel... I. I think we're not going to be aligned. Yeah. <clears throat> oh man. Trying to, I mean, there's just one element of the story. I've got to like mm-hmm. choose to disclose or, yeah, yeah. well, I'm going to, it's just like, it's an important detail. I just got to frame it the right way. <laughs> what do I do with my $3.4 million Ferrari? <laughs> Ask Pete. At I, I, so I did talk to you. I did talk to you about this. <laughs> oh yeah, it was that one. Oh. Okay. Oh boy, I, I'm just gonna have to rip the bandaid off as part of it. But it's a, it's a. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> oh boy, you know what? This is gonna help people, so I'm just gonna do as much as I can here. That's the sure. way you gotta view it. You're man of the people. Until you tell the story, and then you won't be. Like the the, the uh, iTunes podcast review here is going to be terrible. You're out of touch. I don't know. I okay. It it reminds me of a question we answered a few months, if not a few weeks ago, on the show, where someone was what a few months. It, maybe it was a few weeks ago. For someone no who loves knows. time as much as I do, <laughs> looking backwards in the time, I'm a mess. I have no idea. It could have been seven years ago. Uh, Damon, do you ever see a picture of like things pop up on your phone or whatever, mm-hmm. social media, that it's you parenting your kids when they were really small and cute, and you're looking at kids, then you look at yourself, you're like, Oh my God, I look terrible now. Yes. Like I've aged so much. I had one of those this week and I was like, I look like I've been in an industrial accident. Yeah. Like right. at this point in my life, like what happened? I was like reasonably okay. Just had that. There was a picture of our family at a wedding, you know, standing there all dressed and cleaned up. And <laughs> man, man. <laughs> Time and gravity uh, are just absolute. Okay, destroyers. Dame, Kristen, we're not going to ask you this question. You can choose to answer it if you want, but I'm not going to ask you the question. But I'm going to ask Dame. Dame, at the, at, at, I want you to envision a time in which you felt you were the best looking that you ever were. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you have it pictured? Yep. What, but circa what? <laughs> 2000. Okay, okay, okay. Um, on a scale of one to 10, aesthetically, what would you have given yourself at that time? Uh, neck down, I would say I was, uh, eight and a half, nine. God, thank God you didn't say waist down. That could have gotten really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Just really awkward. Eight and a half to nine waist yeah. down. I no, neck fixed. down. Wait, neck down. Uh, neck down. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. When's, it's all the same. Um, Okay. 
but then like face and everything else like well, you got you got you're the whole package here i mean so to speak. Uh, uh, i mean you're asking for me to rate my own yes i am that's no, exactly I, what that's, i'm doing um i above average uh the face brings it down significantly we'll we'll say six and a half okay and then where are you now <laughs> three <laughs> okay okay so here's where i'm at i'm thinking for me i'm gonna go like 98 99 okay. mm-hmm. uh and I, I i will go seven and a half maybe eight i'll maybe go eight nice looking red hair it's pretty good mm-hmm. shape uh stone cold four three and a half to four now right that fall off is just just a nightmare oh but i would argue it doesn't no we're not gonna get there sorry no, no, no. i would i i would argue i i both am cognizant of that and maybe don't care that much yes other than i'm that, talking about it yeah right? that's that that's where i was gonna go was uh it the number goes down but the percentage of not caring goes up danza points out that this next segment sounds like it'd become better coming from my courtyard if i was yeah. doing a remote show i almost did a remote show today uh, but then I realized that I've got no air conditioning and I didn't want to melt. <sighs> okay. Oh, man, this is going to suck. Okay. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Kristen, I have a personal finance question that's so personal. It's actually my question. <laughs> and I was hoping you two could help me with it. So we had a couple rules to start the last segment. And, and so I'm going to just ask for to follow a couple rules here. Um, everyone's situation and the difficulty and the challenge is relative to their own financial life. True. I am not comparing my financial life to anyone else. Uh, I'm just like, this is a challenge. This is a decision I have to make that, uh, is in front of me and it's very real and it, it is stressful actually. And it has been for a little while. Okay. So here's the story. We absolutely need a, 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 a new to us car. Absolutely, mm-hmm. 100%, no question. Uh, and we need so because we will be doing a lot of driving this fall. And it is not practical to put those miles on our other car for, mm-hmm. for other reasons. Again, I can't give you all the details. I'm just going to give as much as I can. Um, as you would hope, we have a proper emergency fund. And beyond that, we don't keep a lot of extra money on emergency fund. Those are investments. Okay, mm-hmm. they, and, and they're investments that that we don't really want to to liquidate, right? Because they are longer term investments. Dame, I have a chunk of money coming my way, not related to work and employment, not mm-hmm. re- related to the ownership of this business. That just it's a thing. I can't really get into it, but it, it would very easily pay cash for a new car. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say $30,000 new car. Okay. Okay. For whatever. It doesn't really matter. That part doesn't matter. I need to get the car before the money is here. Mm-hmm. I have to. There's, there's just no, there's no way about it. So I also don't want to tap my emergency fund. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what combination of payment options do I use to acquire the vehicle while the money comes in, which could be anywhere from six months to 11 months from now? My, my current thought is 
I, I put a little bit of down payment down, get as low of interest rate as I can, and just use the savings account to make monthly payments on it, and then just replenish the savings account when the funds come in. So I will hang up and listen. Actually, I won't hang up, but I'll listen. What do you, what do you guys think? Same. Ask whatever you can ask, whatever you want yeah. to ask. First and foremost, this this seems almost borderline rude to ask uh, but you aren't speculating on these funds you know this is coming in because yeah I, great question and, and and you know what the that man great question and it's not rude because at some point in time it was speculative that it that it whether it was or wasn't and how much and all that so like that was a thing that i've already gotten past okay so that's why I'm now to the point of needing to do something about it because up until knowing it's happening, I would, that's too much of a risk. Okay. Could I ask you another question? Ask me whatever. If that money wasn't coming in, how would you do this? I don't know. I, I actually have thought about that. I, I would probably liquidate an investment. Maybe I, I I don't know. I don't like the idea of having an emergency fund mm -hmm. uh, that low. I I just yeah, that's probably what I do. I the cash flow doesn't support having a a payment because I allocate all my money out to certain areas, right? Right. So good questions good okay. that i've asked myself which makes me feel good that i've actually asked both of those questions to myself Kristen, so, do you have any questions before he goes any other good uh, questions i don't think i have any other questions because i don't think that other details would change where i'm leaning okay okay damn so you, you said something really interesting before you you tried to throw it to chris or you did throw it to Kristen. your monthly cash flow doesn't support a car payment right now and that's because you're aggressively funding other stuff. Absolutely, it's it's not because you're strapped or you, know, you. It's because you have goals. You've got them funded. If you could pull back on one of those goals for six to eleven months, would that seriously hamper your overall goal achievement? And use that that cash flow to fund the the new car payment. I don't want to do that. I would okay. much rather have the car payment funded out of the savings account. And would the I, I understand? And I'm at this point, I'm just trying to shoot holes and, and look yeah, at other options. Would six to eleven months of car payment coming out of your emergency fund uh, significantly? No, it'd be impair it. No, not at all. Okay, so. Kristen, I don't know if you if you feel the same way. I I would say okay, yeah, go with the savings fund, but I think you're commingling funds, which kind of goes towards a next dollar type of approach. But I, I think you're commingling funds that are in that emergency fund that you could set aside and say this is legit emergency fund, and then you can cordon off another set of funds that are uh, call it what you want, opportunity fund, uh, sinking a down payment for something else in the future, but you have some flexibility with those funds. The emergency fund is that strictly emergencies. And I'm not sure this quite rises to the level of an emergency. I think it's bad timing. I think it's unfortunate, but it's not an emergency. So I would suggest maybe going back and looking at your emergency fund and figuring out exactly what that money is for and what you want to sit there. And then maybe being a little bit more strategic with some of that other cash. Kristen? <laughs> I 
think what I would suggest in this situation is to disrupt your to disrupt life in the next 12 months the least amount possible. And I would say you put the least amount down, you sign for the longest loan that they'll give you at a reasonable interest rate, because I could be wrong, but I would doubt there's going to be very much difference in that interest rate from anything from three to six years or more. Um, You finance the least amount possible, you pay the monthly payment out of the emergency savings, you replenish it. And then to Dame's point, if there are opportunities for something like this to happen again, I would love for there to be like an intermediate account that addresses things like this so that you don't have to disrupt your month to month. That's fair. Yeah. I I have definitely thought about getting a 72 month loan Mm -hmm. because it just takes the burden of the payment down. And then I've done some math that I think... Worst case scenario, there's the air quotes. <laughs> I think worst case scenario, every different way I've looked at this, it could cost me about $1,800 in interest. Um, and that's a, a weird worst case, the way I calculated it. And so to this, this act of arbitrage is going to cost me about $1,800. Uh, but it's, it's, still, it's still stressful because I don't like the idea of wiping out an emergency fund. I don't want to have a car payment. Um, and once the money comes in, I can fix that. I don't know. It's a weird one though, right? How many people do you think are screaming HELOC at their radio right now? You know, I've thought of that too. I've thought of that too. But the interest rate's so much higher yeah. than a car lane. Here's the other aspect. And, and this is where, Dame, you can mock me even more. We have no idea what kind of car we want. We have no idea. Don't <laughs> care. Uh, other than it probably a midsize SUV. So there are so many deals out there actually that are they're starting to happen, like 1.9%. Mm-hmm. And it's like, pff, let's do that. I mean, why, why make it more complicated than that? Can we go car shopping together? Would, how would that go? <laughs> it would be a nightmare. <laughs> like, uh, Dame, uh, Dame, you know the speed at which I make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um quite quickly mm-hmm. quite so bad jarringly quickly See, and, this isn't going to be your primary driver though is it no but the thing is based on how our family's fall is gonna go and this and that yeah. like i will be driving it a lot on the weekend okay. yeah that's true yeah oh see Everyone's got personal finance challenges. <laughs> Kristen, with 20 seconds left, do you think I, do you, did I alienate myself with any listeners there or did, was oh. it at least somewhat down to earth? I hope not because I hope people realize that you can apply those principles to other situations and other levels of income. It is stressful. And that's the thing. I shouldn't have to martyr my financial decision-making because some people have it worse. I can, we can acknowledge both at the same time. It's with that. We go to break. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week in the news. I'm Pete the Planner. Um, I mean, yeah. think about the other side of that coin. If you would have came on and said, you know what? I can't afford my new car. I need a new one. How am I going to get through this? I'm going to have to go do something sketchy. Then you lose all your credibility. You, you, <laughs> Someone would expect you to be in this position. No, but I mean, let's be, let's be honest here. If... You 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 ask a question of hey if this money wasn't coming in what would you do mm-hmm. and I don't have a great answer other than take money out of investments which is I guess that is the second tier of my emergency fund so maybe it's the same thing but like I don't have a plan I love I don't have a car fund right I don't yeah. I don't love it 
And that's your choice. I mean, you, you could, I mean, if, but if you wanted to leave the investments in place and potentially rearrange uh, some of your goals and pull some uh, monthly cash flow out of that, you could, but you've just, pri- <laughs> you've prioritized the, the importance of those goals to the point where you'd rather go a different route, leave investments in place, leave the goal funding in place and try and find something else that is minimally disruptive to the rest of your financial life. Jason notes that he's working on his handwritten letter right now. <laughs> I love our Facebook viewers. You know, I think we may have said this a few weeks ago, maybe, or a month or a couple years. Um, Jason, Jason's funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Jason? No. <laughs> Kristen, is he in your life? I don't know Jason. He's funny. David also said reverse mortgage. (laughs) David's been on fire today. Uh, Danza said mechanical pencil at the ready. (laughs) I really, you know, I appreciate this person's letter. I really do. And it says best regards a listener. I don't know. Well, here's the graph paper. You can't really see it, Uh, especially if your podcast. I also think their point one is kind of interesting. You lose control. I'm not sure what control you had in the beginning. I can't let that one go either. No, I I, I see his point. I, I think we did say on the show, Damon, maybe this was what I was trying to get at. The only reason you would roll an account into your current 401k is if there were good investment choices of which you felt that you were okay with giving up that control. So like, I don't... And then the fees thing, like... If you have a large employer plan with low fees, they're never going to go to higher fees. They're always going to go to lower. That's the nature of the retirement plan business. I mean, there's there's another reason. I mean, it, it, it's a very, very small one. You could it, 401ks are ERISA protected accounts. So if you're uh, being sued for some ridiculous amount of money, keep your 401k in the 401k because it's shielded from any creditors at that point. You are stuck in the 401k until you leave that job. You cannot move the money back out. I mean, that is that is for the most part true. Sure. And then, so is it is are what they is the argument there is if you really got in trouble, you couldn't access it for trouble, like to solve the problem. I guess it's true. I mean, you could if that you could always do a hardship withdrawal potentially. You could do a loan, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe you want to um, <laughs> buy buy an annuity with that four hundred one k money, and you want to take it out while you're still working. I I don't know. Okay, well, again, I don't always have to be right, yeah. um, and I I'm wrong, I'm wrong a lot. Um, <laughs> now David wants to uh, my home address so he can hand deliver complaints. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. It's just, I, I see envelopes being taped to the door of the office very soon. Was it a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago when I was like, man, <laughs> we had a bad show. Do you guys remember what we got done? I was like, God, that sucked. What, what, what was it? This is our still, 500th show. Well, that one. And I think we had one after that. It was like 501 or two because we were making the joke that we didn't think it was going to end quite that quickly after all the jokes you made on the 500. I think it was 502. I, uh, yeah, this is much better show today. Yes. And then yet last week I got in too early and then so then my caffeine peaked at the wrong time. Remember people were calling for Miguel? A 98 yes. thesis reference from David. That's that's lovely. Um, okay, let's go. 
Let's do a show. Uh, I got to pull up my stuff here. Can continue the show. Whatever. All right. Uh, here we go. In three, two. Ooh, hold on. Sorry. Three, <laughs> two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is the Alfred Dunhill case. Of delights to celebrate the 130 year legacy of Alfred Dunhill, the British luxury goods brand released the case of delights, the sleek attache. That is time out. Time out. Can you time out, Dave? Yes. How fun is it to say attache? I mean, it, it sounds almost uh, like a spy novelish. Say it. Say attache. Attache. Was that fun? Yes. Kristen? Attache. Did you, are you delighted? Yes. Continuing on. Uh, the sleek attache case pays homage to the house founder's harness making heritage with an English bridal leather construction in Italian hardware. Its interior is filled with a bounty of gentlemanly necessities. The curated items include galvanized lighter, a black shell briar pipe, stainless steel tamper, a cigar cutter, and a handmade leather cigar case. To accompany the smoking accessories is a pair of handmade smoked gray shot glasses and a hip flask for your spirit of choice. First off, that sounds like a good time, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, so Kristen, for this case of delights, a sleek attache. That allows you to smoke and drink <laughs> like any country bar in America. What do you think it costs? First of all, I feel like if this had a flashlight included, that this would be something that Dame would actually have mm. in his mm. office. Mm. Um, second, I feel as though it is $399. Dame? <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> I would have thought you've picked up on this. You take like what you think it actually costs, multiply it by at least 10, and you're probably in the ballpark. But this is a uh, $4,200. The answer is 32000 oh American dollars. That logic doesn't work because I did that with the flamethrower dog and I was way, way off base. Oh my, <laughs> my gosh. I anyway, hate this segment. I think you say you hate us, which also seems warranted. That's, yeah, that's fair. Uh, Dame, what's in the news this week? Uh, this summer has been a bloodbath for the U.S. entertainment industry in the world's second largest market, cementing a years-long gravitation among Chinese consumers towards movies made at home. Total box office sales for U.S. films in China hit $592 million in the first half of the year, down from $1.9 billion grossed in the same time period in 2019. Uh, the year before COVID restrictions crippled movie going. obviously. The shift, uh, shifting tastes of 1.4 billion people in China have considerable ramifications for Hollywood studios and for Chinese leaders who use the multiplex for propagandistic films. Pete, uh, as if the writer's strike and the uh, 
actors strike in conjunction wasn't hard enough for Hollywood, they're losing some significant revenue from overseas. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like half the Michigan Mission Impossible movies that have come out recently were all funded by Chinese studios. Am, am I making that up? I think a lot of movies are at least co-funded by Chinese studios, but I don't know specifically about Mission Impossible. Yeah, I feel like I'm totally making this up, but I feel like a, like Tom Cruise has like a, a like a, a conduit to the Chinese filmmaking industry for some reason. It's probably through Scientology. Possibly. Kristen, uh, thoughts on uh, the Chinese movie studios uh, eating up the profits of American studios? I don't know anything about any movie studios. <laughs> I don't watch movies, gentlemen. <laughs> I still have not seen the new Indiana Jones, and I have not seen the Mission Impossible yet, but I'd like to see both. Are you doing Barbenheimer? No, cause I just don't go to movies, but uh, I have a flight, uh, a cross-country flight coming up, and I'm hoping one of these new releases is somehow on that flight, but uh, I'm not holding my mm, breath. There's actually yeah. that Jennifer Lawrence rom-com uh, sort of raunchy comedy that's out um, that I'm hoping is also on the flight. Sorry, I just I always think about your story of uh, yeah. a freeze frame uh, when you're... Yeah, we won't get into it because it involves Pilot Jeremy. Where is Pilot Jeremy? Seriously, we needed oh, Pilot man. Jeremy in here because I, I actually had a pilot story in here. I will get to it after this next story, which is this week's uh, feel-good legislation that's sure to go nowhere. Stock uh, pick. Uh, they cannot do it anymore, right? You got it. Two senators are set to introduce legislation to bar executive branch members and lawmakers from owning stock in individual companies and even blind trusts. The bills from Senators Kirsten Gillibrand and Josh Howley would still allow the president, vice president, members of Congress, Capitol Hill aides, and employees of the executive branch to own mutual funds and index funds as polling shows broad support for such ban. The legislation comes after a Wall Street Journal investigation, which found that many top executive branch employees own stocks and companies their agencies regulate. Again, it's nice to see it placates the people. It will go nowhere. I have a really hot take. Yes. Uh, Hotter than your reverse mortgage. mortgage. Yeah. Doubtful. What if? No, no, I'm just saying, what if? <laughs> there was, when, when you went into Congress, your money got set in a fixed account that paid the equivalent return of the S&P 500, but it wasn't necessarily a, a variable. It could be a fixed 8%, a, whatever. But because even with an index fund, they're so heavily weighted sometimes that if you have the right inside information, you just go to that. And S&P 500 is a perfect example. Yep. So what if you just like, you go to Congress, you set your money aside, you're guaranteed 8% rate of return, uh, but then you also have term limits. I think I'm reworking the entire government is what I've just done. But that doesn't that, that's not a terrible idea. I don't know, guaranteeing 8%. Who wouldn't sign I mean, that's another conversation all of itself. You and I will both sign up for 8% guaranteed for the all rest of our lives. Day. All day. Kristen oh, wouldn't because she's a young no <laughs> unrealistic investment standards exactly <laughs> i've only lived through bull markets so. what is the guaranteed rate of return you would accept for the rest of your Ooh, life Kristen? good question Ooh, so i had to sacrifice i would say it would have to be double digits eight percent all day yeah give it to me right now Man, that that is a that is a generational difference. <laughs> Do you did you ever see a retirement plan 
modeled or projected with double digit returns <laughs> of course the, <laughs> the, uh, the software i used to use it let you like it let you go up to 12 and it was just the dumbest thing in the world right it was just like it was so unreal well now this is sort of creeping into another <laughs> territory within <laughs> personal finance of constantly illustrating 12 percent on mm. in mutual funds but that's mm. that's neither here nor there no uh uh, last story we can get into a little bit. How did your last salary negotiation go? Probably not as well as it did for United Airlines pilots. They uh, Their union agreed to a preliminary labor deal, deal that includes pay increases of as much as 40.2% over four years, ending months of tense negotiations mm-hmm. and airport pickets. Uh, the preliminary deal uh, with the Airline Pilots Association announced Saturday comes months after Delta pilots ratified a new contract that included 34% raises over four years and the first of top four airlines to reach, it uh, was the first of the top four airlines to reach a new agreement. Air, American Airlines uh, is and its pilots union reached a new labor deal with 40% raises over four years ago, though it still faces a ramification vote by members. Uh, yeah. So if they sign this contract, essentially they're going to get a 13 to 19% pay bump immediately. And it'll end up being a 40% over four years. Isn't that the nature of having a highly specialized in demand skill? Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, really? Cause sometimes other strikes yeah. that happen, it's just like, Oh yeah. There, there's, there's a labor force in size that damages the people they're negotiating with but the but the labor itself isn't so specialized that it can't be replaced that's why pilot strikes are so massive and impactful maybe look at me talking about united labor <laughs> anyway sitting uh good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget i'm pete the planner and this is the pete the planner show um, so I'm guessing I'm going to get more letters about uh-huh. that. <laughs> we never talk about union stuff on this show. Which is um, we've, I've mentioned it in the news before about, you know, like Starbucks attempt to unionize oh, and yeah, stuff like that. But we've, we've never, uh, we've never spent any significant time on it though. All right. We're going to play a little game here. How much is my air conditioning fix going to cost? Now, here, here's what you can do. You can say, well, I may need a new unit. Mm-hmm. They may be able to repair the unit. You're going to have to figure that out. <sighs> I, I got to tell you, I'm after your success with the refrigerator repair, I'm kind of surprised you didn't go to YouTube. Here's the other thing. I It was like I used to install air conditioners for like in college, but I didn't repair them, That which is a very different thing how old yeah. is it um th- that's the worst part it's uh, old 14 years uh, e- wait maybe older when did it when was 2007 <laughs> 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 wait when was that what is that 17 <clears throat> years no 16 years Ooh. we we math wait we a math. second okay <laughs> Seven. Isn't it 16? Yeah, it's going to be 16 years this October. <laughs> it's fun. It's not good news, Pete. How am I so into time, yet anytime I look backwards with time, I'm a, isn't that weird? You guys know me. Mm-hmm. I'm a time machine. <laughs> Forward. Backwards. I got nothing. I'm the same way because I'll start a story and say, well, the other day, and then if I stop and think about what I just said, I'm like, 
That was not the other day. <laughs> I'm so glad this letter did not have anthrax in it. You know what I mean? That would have totally ruined my week. No, it would have. Well, yeah, because the person who opened it would have got sick and you would have had all sorts of issues to deal with. Did, can you imagine all the paperwork I'd have yes. to do if I had someone open a letter for me that had anthrax in it because <laughs> I thought it had anthrax in it? The entire building would have been shut down and you'd be at home in a non-air conditioned house. So when I used to coach my daughter's soccer team, uh, occasionally a girl would like kick a ball out in the street and I'd be like, hey, look both ways. I don't want you to get hit and killed. That seems like a lot of paperwork. Mm -hmm. And they didn't understand the humor. And like they didn't, they're like, you'd have to do a lot of paper. I'm like, no, it's a funny, <laughs> it's a it's a good joke. Mm. Dame, uh, I was sort of feeling creative this morning. I was writing a column. And so occasionally I'll have non-financial creative thoughts that come from that. So I actually wrote a new stand-up joke uh, this morning. But I can't share it on the air. Thanks, thanks for sharing then. Because I haven't figured out how to make it not wildly inappropriate. It is inappropriate. But you know, when I do comedy, I mm -hmm. don't like to actually say the things. I just like to make people think terrible things. Mm -hmm. But I don't actually want to say them. So I've not figured out that part of the joke. But when I do, I'm going to have you sign a form and then I'm going to tell you the joke. Fair enough. Uh, I, I think I figured out a way that you can save some money on your air conditioner. Okay. Just ask the guy if you can help install it. They love it when people do that. Or stand <laughs> over him with a flashlight yes. that I keep in my yeah. pocket. <laughs> Yeah. Your do you iPhone think, flashlight. What do you asking, think it's going to cost, Kristen? I don't have any bearing on how much a New York conditioner costs or how big your house is. I have no idea. No, let's not go to the how big your house is thing. Well, no, but the size like of the unit. No, the size of the unit matters. Yeah. Like, I live in a condo. I can't imagine that my AC unit is the same as either of the two of yours. Do you have, do you have two? Uh, I mean, because sometimes One. people have. Okay. What do you think, Dan? Uh, oh man, sixty-two hundred bucks. Oh, that's just cruel. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I actually thought that was low. Oh, Labor's oh. expensive. I don't. You guys, I'm mentally prepared for twenty-five hundred dollars. You're not prepared at all. <laughs> oh, not even close. <laughs> I. I my column this week, which maybe we'll talk about on the show next week that I wrote this morning. And it sort of goes into this car thing a little bit. I'm, I'm literally bleeding money right now. I was just about to say, I think you may want to repurpose that money you're getting for the car to the, the air conditioner. You may not be able to have, afford that car. Well, that's now. what the emergency fund's for. But I will say like, <laughs> I, we all have seasons of life in which you, you just find yourself bleeding <laughs> money. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think about this. I think about that my daughter will be driving here in a couple mm -hmm. years and then the car insurance. Like I am I am in a ugly, ugly season right now. <laughs> no one feels sorry for me and I'm not asking anyone, but I still have to like mitigate these challenges. I need to find a better job. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Could you just like store the car that you, you can't use right now for your daughter for a few years? No. no I mean, it's still... That's what she's asking, but no. It's still the car one of the two cars that you had when we met right yeah dude i is does it have over two hundred thousand miles on it now i don't know no one knows it's impossible to answer that's how am i how am i possibly you... supposed to know yeah, that how would you know that? <laughs> that's why the two of you can't go car shopping pete doesn't know how many miles are on his car 
came <laughs> I I have I sent it through the Slack. I've been obsessed with these YouTube videos mm-hmm. of this expert car salesman showing car salesmen how to sell cars. Mm-hmm. I can't stop watching them. I watched like three last night. I can't stop. Are you gonna go in and run the four square for the guy? Oh my gosh. It is so intense. And it, it'll just like and, and he'll do his like sales blah, 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 and then he'll stick out his hand. <laughs> like and it just like in the middle of it, I'm like, a surprise handshake. Okay, well I'll buy right now. It's all very silly. But of course, like here's the thing. He, you know, whatever. Just try and do it online. Uh, it's, it's no must, no fuss that way. Just send emails out. Mm-hmm. That's what I I used to do. Remember Jeff the car guy used to be on the show years ago? No. Yeah. In a car dealership in Muncie, and uh, he was a buddy of mine. And I would just say, hey man, can you just find this whenever? <laughs> and then he would, and he'd have like one of his people just drive it down to my house. I would just mm-hmm. hand them a check and it was over. It was like the greatest hookup of all time. And I, I missed of- that. I am really surprised you don't have a car guy. Do you know how many car guys you could have right now if you just say, like, yeah, I'm looking for a car guy? Hey, okay. No, I don't like using my platform for stuff like that. Like, I don't, I feels dirty. I, yeah, I, maybe we should talk offline. I might have a, I might have a solution for you. Really? I might. Okay. Well, I, I welcome how, a car guy. Okay. How do, you, how do you feel about a 2003 Silverado? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I could get one of those as well. Oh, man. Can you drive a manual? <laughs> you know, I think ultimately this is what keeps us all connected. And it was sort of my point of my column this morning is like everyone's financial life is relative to themselves. So, right. so if you're having a challenge or a cash flow crunch or conundrum, it's what connects us is that feeling of trying to figure out what to do. And very few people don't have to do that. And I think right. the idea of, Oh, it's a nice problem to have. Whatever. It's still a problem for me. And it's occupying a lot of brain space and and decision making. So I think ultimately that's what keeps most of the 99% aligned with each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All us real estate millionaires. What's up? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Okay. Well, I'm going to leave. This is a long show. Jeez, I feel like we should have announced someone's death at least. I mean, it's for this long. What if people had a oh, I do have an, a death announcement now that I think about it. So every year there's rabbits in our yard. I don't know if you know how rabbits make other rabbits, but there are pictures online, Kristen. And every year we just named the rabbit that we see Jeff. So there's always Jeff. Well, I got a, a very chaotic text earlier in the week from my daughter saying Jeff was found in the road. And so rip Jeff, I think it's Jeff 4.0, but then again, every rabbit in our neighborhood is called Jeff. So, um, pouring one out for you, Jeff, may you hop into the heavens, stay getting money.